you have to have grace and grit to be able to get through this. Understanding that concussions are a functional injury. So function can change based on the day. I mean, you slept once really well and your function's better the next day and you're like, I'm healed. Then you sleep bad one day and then you go all the way down and you're like, oh my God, I'm back at square one. So I think understanding that not every day is going to look great and having grace with that is extremely important, which is why I like the name of your podcast, because, you know, it really is something you just got to have the hope and, you know, stick with it and understand that it can get better. There is always hope and you are not alone. Hi, I'm Christabel Braden, and this is my brain injury podcast, Hope Survives. Here, we share information, education, and support for the brain injury community. This is an uplifting podcast to bring hope to your darkest days. As a survivor of traumatic brain injury and multiple concussions, I know what it's like to struggle to find hope. I don't want anyone to feel as alone as I did, and that's why I started my online community called Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is an extension of that, and I'd love to invite you to join along as we explore the realities of life with brain injury with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. Welcome back to Hope Survives Podcast. So glad you decided to tune in today. It's going to be a great episode as we are talking about part one of Furthering Your Recovery with Dr. Michelle Eisenman. It is called Grace and Grit Today. The reason that we're doing part one and part two is that this conversation with Dr. Michelle was just so encouraging and we talked for almost an hour. And instead of putting it all at once in one episode that would be pretty long, I decided to split it up into two episodes, and there was a pretty natural ending point in between the episodes. So if you enjoy this week's episode, make sure that you take a listen next week to hear the second half of Dr. Michelle's conversation as we're going to talk about how do you further your recovery forward. A lot of our emphasis today is going to be on the importance of current research, which I talk about a lot in this podcast. Uh, She's going to share, you know, common frustrations with practitioners, even some of her own personal experiences. And we're going to talk about how do you define your recovery goals and find root causes and how do we find the right care team that aligns with our goals. The conversation will then end with an encouragement where Dr. Michelle talks about how with concussion recovery, we need grace in order to have grace for ourselves, have grace for the people around us. 
And we also need grit to be able to pull through because it is not easy. And there's a lot of compassion and encouragement in what she's going to share with you today. She's incredible. She is going to share with you a little bit more about herself and about her uh, experience. And so make sure to keep listening. And I hope that this episode is an encouragement to you. I started Hope After Head Injury 10 years ago, and it has grown into a global online support community. You can get involved and check out more of the online resources we have available at hopeafterheadinjury.com. Connect with survivors, caregivers, and family members through our Zoom meetings, our Facebook support group, or the Brain Injury Bible Study Group. I remember what it's like to feel so alone with brain injury. And my goal with these groups is for you to know that you are not alone and to be able to connect with others going through similar circumstances. We are in this together. Now I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and remind you that this podcast is for education and informational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your physician. Now, thanks for listening, and let's get on with the show. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Michelle to Hope Survives podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on here. I have been looking forward to talking with you. I know we were trying to schedule this for a while, and it's so good that it finally worked out to have you on. Yay! Yeah, I know. Um, I saw the messages in between us, and I think there's no time like the present. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Dr. Michelle is at the Brain Fluencer on Instagram, which is so cute. I love your, what you came up with there, your handle. And, um, she posts some great stuff on there. That's how we got connected through, through Instagram, I believe. Right. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Um, that handle was made as a joke when I was <laughs> in school. And so, cause I think when I was in, in school, I, I went to chiropractic school. And so that's where I have my doctorate. And I just remember that everyone was trying to be an influencer and I was like studying the brain at the time. And so I figured, Oh, how funny would it be that I'm the brain influencer? Cause I influence brains. And then I started getting people message me about, you know, soliciting, you know, services or advice or, uh, and it just kind of started growing from there. And, um, we work closely with organizations as well. And so I'm kind of married to it now. (laughs) I love it. I think it's great. And you're always sharing such great information and tips on your page and very helpful for those of us who've had brain injuries. Sometimes, you know, it's good to be able to access information and learn more on such a simple format as Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, let's go into it. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your experience? So professionally, I am a doctor of chiropractic. I have a master's degree in clinical neuroscience. 
I've done a residency focused on traumatic brain injury, post-stroke rehabilitation, and some vestibular disorders. I am currently working on my DACNB, which is a diplomat for chiropractic neurology and functional neurology. Um, and I have additional training and nutrition, hormone, you know, help. I just pretty much anything under the sky. I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and uh, allied health courses as well. So professionally, I've really been gung-ho about the brain. I know that I my journey kind of started with that because I have a very long family history with neurological disorders. Sherco-Marie Tooth is a peripheral neuropathy that runs in my family. That's always been something that I've been interested in. I, for a long time, thought that I wanted to be a neurologist. Uh, and it wasn't until I figured out that I, you know, what is it that I wanted to do and how did I want to help people that I really realized what are some of the tools that I actually needed to acquire. And so I remember shadowing a neurologist and a physiatrist, and I remember them saying, and which was the most shocking thing to me. Um, they said, you know, you need to figure out what it is that you want to do, because if we had the opportunity to redo what we do, we would. Wow. That shocked me. Yes. Um, of course I was young and naive. And so I thought they just don't want me to be what I want to be, <laughs> you know? And so of course I took that the wrong way, but after really trying to see, okay, let me see where they're coming from. Obviously, I shadow them. I'm with them. They teach me everything. I got to see all kinds of things with them, with patients. If they're telling me this, it's for a reason. The least I could do is investigate a little deeper as to why. And so um, I started realizing that the things that I cared about in healthcare were quality of life. And so I think that is the number one thing when it comes to TDI and concussion is quality of life is really affected. So you're living, you're just not having fun with it most of the time. And so um, from there, I started to really look into what are all of the disciplines out there? What are all the tools out there to be able to help people? And so I found functional neurology. And so I found a video of this kid that had had an injury um, playing soccer. And he went from being a, a goalie, like, I don't know, I'm not a big sports person, but <laughs> he went from having a very important position in soccer to basically being paralyzed and immobile. So that was astounding to me. And then I saw through rehabilitative care, how he was able to get back to playing back again. And to me, that was it. I said, that's quality of life right there. How do you regain quality of life? And so that's why I went through the career path that I went through. And I'm very happy that I did because I have seen things that are nothing short of a miracle happen for sure. Yeah, that's incredible to hear. And it's really interesting that you said you shadowed neurologists. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had my TBI since 2007. And I've had a lot of different concussions through the years. And I feel as though most of the time, the neurologists can't help us. I get so many people join my support group and they say, I've seen a neurologist and they just, they, they don't do anything. But all the things you talked about that you have specialized in and nutrition and hormones and 
the functional neurology and that's all the stuff like I've just uncovered in the last couple of years and it's completely changed my life. Like yeah. I went from thinking I would have to be, you know, just disabled my whole life to mm -hmm. I have a job. I'm going to be getting my driver's license. Like there are like so many major life changing things and it's due to finding these you know, new treatments and new research. So I'm always, my listeners might be sick and tired of hearing me say this, but I'm always like, you need to find a practitioner that's up on current research. Yeah, you do. It's really yeah. important because, you know, I totally understand that. I mean, I, I trust me, no one gets that more than me, you know, having a mother this handicapped and have, has gone through cancer multiple times, like, and things like I, I know what it's like to be frustrated at a practitioner and especially for my own health as well. Um, I don't, I want to get too deep into it, but I have been diagnosed with Graves disease and, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome and dysautonomia and concussion. So I know firsthand as a practitioner and as a patient, what it's like to, literally have a practitioner look at you and tell you, oh, you're a hypochondriac. You must be making this up or, you know, this is not real and how frustrating that can be. Or even if they flat out tell you, I just don't know how to help you. Um, but I think the other aspect of it on my professional career and mindset is that I think it's just more neurologists aren't bad or evil. They just have tools in their toolbox and they are excellent at what they do, but you as a patient may just be looking in the wrong place. Absolutely. And so can there be better communication and be between professionals? Yes. I know that here at our office at Resiliency Brain Health, we're constantly educating about this. You have your neurosurgeons. They, I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but they, they're very good at cut, you know, brain bleed, tumor, what's going on in there. Usually after that, they refer into a neurohospitalist or a medical neurologist, and they're very good at symptomatology and maintaining. So those are the things that they're good at. After that, you should be referring to or should be looking for a functional neurologist or someone of sort of a neuro rehab specialist because that is the forte and that's what they're, they're, they're going to do. A master of all is a master of none. So if you are constantly going and repeating the same things with the same practitioners, you, it, it may be you that's not looking at the correct place and asking the right questions. Because a lot of the times um, I find that people get confused on wanting to get their symptoms removed but not really understanding how to go about it. And so there's this, that's where this internal conflict of lifestyle and therapies and medication and what to do, like kind of come into play, I believe. Yeah, that's so good. So how do you know what you need? How, like, like, I know it's a very generic question. It's going to be different for other people, but how can somebody know like what they should look for? Yes. So I believe that that is because I'm going to try to make a very complicated subject, very simple because it, it really is. I mean, you can make concussion and TBI care as complicated as you want or as simple as you want. So because we know 
that TBI and concussions, and I say TBI because there's, you know, that major and severe type as well, but concussion being more mild, there is a very broad spectrum. So you cannot compare apples to oranges. You cannot compare your journey to someone else because the reality is, is you, if you look at a pie chart and you look at lifestyle, genetics, environment, culture, and you look at all of those other things, like maybe even other comorbidities, like that is going to largely depend, uh, determine how your recovery process is going to be. And your pie chart is going to be very different than another person's pie chart, even if you're twins. And so that is the number one thing I want people to focus on. So first off, you got to focus on your pie chart. So when you look at your pie chart, then you have to determine where are you at? Are you a person that's actually functionally capable of doing activities of daily living? If you are not able to do activities of daily living, you're going to need a little bit extra support to get you to the point of being able to do activities of daily living. Now, one of the things that I want to focus on is lifestyle is something that you can never get away from because you cannot pour fuel into a fire while you're trying to put it out. So that is something that we all just kind of have to rip the bandaid and get over with. <laughs> lifestyle is something that everyone absolutely has to do no matter where in your journey you're at. So if you have that portion covered, or maybe you maybe what you need is to find someone that can educate you on that. I know we do that a lot. We're going to be launching some virtual services specifically for that because that's something that people just do not understand how to manage while managing other stuff. But as you get that figured out, you're going to have to find a practitioner that may be a neurologist to help you with your symptom management, a naturopath, a chiropractor, whatever type of practitioner that can help you back to your goals. So it really comes down to what are your specific goals and trying to find someone to help you. Because a lot of the times we look at concussion recovery and TBI and we're like, I just want to get better. I just want to get better. I just want But what do you want to get better of? Like, make it simple. What is the one goal you want to reach in this time frame? If you are a person that can have activities of daily living, but you're still struggling day to day, same rule applies. What are your goals? Maybe the list of practitioners you see is a little different. Maybe the time frame you have is a little different. Maybe your emphasis is a little bit more on lifestyle. But I think that's the place where you have to start is got to make sure your lifestyle is something that is going to be conducive to your recovery because you, you, you're going to drive yourself insane trying to put out the fire while pouring gas into it. Secondly is what are the immediate goals that you want to reach? And then thirdly, do your research to try to find someone that can help. Something I also want to point out is people get a lot of anxiety when they go to a practitioner and that practitioner doesn't have their answer right then and there. You have to have a conversation like, okay, I just want to dismantle something. People, practitioners are also people. They're not this like ominous person that knows all because they're wearing a white coat or scrubs or any kind of medical type of whatever. Um, they do, that doesn't mean that they have a know-all, end-all, be-all. They have extra knowledge 
of something that you may not know of, but communication in between the both of you and you expressing what do you want is going to be able to let that practitioner know, can I help you? And if that practitioner tells you, these are the things I can do to help you, and that doesn't align with your goals, you are able to fire that practitioner and go find another one. And, and sometimes people get lost in that. People get frustrated in that. But at the end of the day, we're all people. And the best a practitioner can do for you is try to figure out what do you want? What can I provide? Do these things match up? And let's see if it works, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, people get really upset when they have, well, this lab work came out and then that lab work came out and then lab... Well, you have to go through that because you have to go through the elimination process. And the reality is we just don't know until we test it out. Yeah. Well, that's because you do that. I've been to dozens of doctors that none of them did that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I had and to then, fight yeah. to find somebody that actually. So I've had my TBI for 14 and a half years. And this is just one example. And my cycle has been off since then. Mm -hmm. And then it would start to regulate. And then when I get another concussion, it would go off. And we brought it up to doctors and they just said, oh, it's just, you know, it's, um, that happens when you have a concussion. It's, you know, it'll, it'll be fine as long as it's, you know, you're still getting it. And then I finally just did the Dutch test and it's all over the place. Like it's completely messed up. Dutch mm -hmm. test is a test for hormones for our listeners. And so it's like, I am just now, starting to address these things and getting the proper testing. And it's amazing how long it can take for some of us. So, you know, the fact that you are a practitioner that does all the blood work and does the testing and figures out what needs to be done and does the labs. I mean, for those of you listening, find a practitioner like Dr. Michelle that's going Yay. to try and find these root causes because I always... I always thought that brain injury itself was a root cause. Like, that's mm. why I'm tired. I have a brain injury. I didn't know that brain injury causes. I didn't get diagnosed with dysautonomia until 2019. And I had had it for many, many years before that. And so I didn't know. I just thought I was out of shape when I would go up the stairs and like feel like I was dying. You know, mm. I just I had no idea that that wasn't how most people felt. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you kind of get in this survival mode. And I really like what you said about you can't add fuel to the fire if you're trying to put it out. How'd you phrase that? I don't remember something about well, trying to put out the fire while putting gasoline in yeah, it. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And you mentioned, you know, that lifestyle portion. And so finding a practitioner that addresses lifestyle and is is key. And so when you, you use the word lifestyle, but what does that encompass? What does that actually mean? Well, lifestyle is anything that you can do for yourself. So anything that doesn't necessarily require external help. Now, I think educationally, we need help, external help so that we know what are some of the things that can be good for us? I don't mean in an obsessive manner because I there's some people that obsess over it. I don't mean obsessively. I mean, there are actual people out there that think that a slim fast is a healthy meal replacement. 
And it's not because of their own fault. It's because of marketing. It's because of what we have been indoctrinated into. There are people that are actually buy the smart butter thing and they believe that that's actually good for them. So in that case, you definitely need someone and you need some guidance with that. So a practitioner that can give you guidance would be great. Um, you just said something that I kind of want to touch on. I'm, I'm losing my train of thought right now. But in that sense, as a, as a patient, if you find a practitioner that tells you, oh, this is just what it is, that you don't know, like that's just part of concussion. That's exactly what I'm talking about when I say find someone that can reach your goals. You're not going to have a practitioner tell you to your face like, I'm not the person for you. Sorry. You're going to, unless they're an actual decent person. Or they might not know. Cause like they went to med school. So, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago and they didn't keep up with the research. So like maybe they are still practicing in, in a way that they were taught and they don't actually know what to do or they don't know what they're not doing. Yeah. And so in that case, you as a patient, if that's what you're receiving from your practitioner, you know, does that align with your goal? Does that answer of, I don't know, or this is how it should be. Does that align with your, if that answer is no, then you need to search for someone else, which can be super difficult. But as a practitioner that actually does all of this, I can tell you people are not searching. People are not searching. So you can't, shoot yourself in the foot constantly and say, ouch, it hurts because there are people out there willing to help, but you have to want to get the help because I have spoken also with plenty of patients that consistently go back to that. And I have to say, I can't help you if you don't want the help. Yeah. And so there is, I have a really good perspective because I've also been in the shoes of being told Oh, you're, you know, this is fake. This is how it is. You're trying to make it up. It's all in your head. But I also have the practitioner experience. So I see both sides yeah. very well. It's so hard. And I remember I would leave doctor's appointments crying because I just felt so disempowered and felt so like I, I'm just going to be like this forever. And I just have to get used to it. And, you know, the doctor would be like, well, you're doing okay. You know, you're doing fine, but like my quality of life has not been there. And so it, in a sense, you know, I, it motivated me to start the hope after Hendry and all this stuff. So in a sense, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that my journey led me here, but I don't want anyone else to feel that way. And I still get people coming on my zoom support group, like crying because of what a neurologist told them or because of what a doctor told them or like, you know, they're just crying because they feel like they have no help and it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Concussions definitely are a injury of grace. You have to extend a lot of grace to yourself, to your family, to your partners, to your practitioners, because it is such an internal injury but I just don't want people to also get lost in it Yeah, because you can, because of the brain, because how it is, because it's functionally not working well. I also don't want people to get lost with it. So I know when I've done my support groups with people in lifestyle too, I always really harp on, you have to have grace and extend grace as much as possible 
because at you have to get to that point of being okay of saying everything is not okay right now and it is okay that it's not okay i am working day to day to figure it out yeah. that can really kind of calm down that craziness because there truly is an incredibly vast amount of things that you can and and then the other flip side is when you are recovering and you are getting better you know, we always see this popular thing on the web that healing is not linear or whatever. And so you do have these peaks and troughs and valleys. And at the end of the day, as as long as you can understand that you truly are making strides, it's just not every day is going to look like you're making a stride. Because again, as you and I were talking before this, life just kind of Life happens. Life doesn't wait yeah. for anyone. There's so many factors, external, internal, social, relational, financial stress. Like there's so many factors that can affect you and can affect how you feel and can affect, you know, where your, um, where your, your, your mind is at, your mental health can affect your physical health. Um, there's just so much to it. And, and the difficult thing with, uh, brain injury is sometimes your reasoning is impaired your Uh memory is impaired and it's like you know you want to find the right practitioners you want to do the lifestyle but some sometimes you don't even remember what to do Uh and that can be frustrating in itself yeah this is why at our clinic um we have a cell phone that is HIPAA compliant that we use for messaging because of the memory problem. So we'll often talk to someone and we'll immediately message. Hey, don't forget this. Hey, That's good. Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We, we we're very into that. Um, yeah. And, and that definitely can be, but again, when, you, when you start focusing on that, and then that's all you're focusing and I'm talking to the listener that's like, yeah, that's where I'm at right now you still have to take a second and really just be present with where you're at and refocus on what can you do at that moment? Because if you start, you know, things will happen. You know, you may have someone that is taking care of you, have those communications, you know, keep going forward, grace and grit. You have to have grace and grit to be able to get through this because it's the only way that you're going to be able to find those people. And when you do find people, it's that trust. But at the same time, you know, understanding that concussions are a functional injury. So function can change based on the day. I mean, you slept once really well and your function's better the next day and you're like, I'm healed. Uh, then you sleep bad one day and, and then you go all the way down and you're like, Oh my God, I'm back at square one. So I think understanding that not every day is going to look great and having grace with that is extremely important, which is why I like the name of your podcast, because, you know, it really is something you just got to have the hope and, you know, stick with it and understand that it can get better. I mean, you're already a person that people can look up to because, you know, 14 years of an injury, And here you are doing a podcast that you never maybe thought you were capable of that shows grit, right? I mean, me, I had no freaking clue that I was struggling with what I was struggling. And then in my desperation of my, I was a little different. I didn't, you know, 
I, I was, I didn't understand why practitioners were treating me the way I was. I was just like constantly trying to get my hormones checked, my thyroid, you know, they tried to diagnose me with ADHD and, and whatnot and other kinds of menstrual stuff. And I was like, okay, I know that's not it. Something's not wrong. You're trying to tell me something's everything's fine, but I know something's not wrong. So I, I know enough to know this isn't right. And I'm just going to trust myself and keep moving forward. I ended up getting a degree in how to fix myself. Not everyone <laughs> has to do <laughs> Not everyone has to do that, but here we are. And, and just kind of going through those motions. Isn't Dr. Michelle great? Such an incredible conversation. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned because part two is coming next week here on Hope Survives Brain Injury Podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful week and I look forward to having you back here with us next week. As always, you can stay connected at hopeafterheadinjury.com.